All right. We're going to say a prayer mm -hmm. because after you eat, there's a disease that comes on you called the itis. <laughs> and if you're not careful, it will still kill and destroy. <laughs> so if you feel that spirit coming on and you know it's coming on because your eyelids get real heavy and all of a sudden you can't think, you say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Right. Then you get up and you walk around. We're not going to be offended because you don't miss anything that God has for you. Amen. Amen. So we rebuke the itis together. <laughs> <laughs> but we're so grateful that you're back. Yes. And um, this breakout session is dedicated to our um, couples, our married couples. And what we wanted to do is just really discuss some things that it's hard for you to discuss. And so we're just going to say them. So is it okay if we just be real, real today? So um, one of the things that we wanted to talk about is um, when Sean and I had the privilege of taking over the marriage ministry, we prayed and asked God, God, what do you want? You've already orchestrated. There's architecture for this. So we don't have to go in and figure it out. It's really laboring to get the blueprints. And the Lord spoke one word to me, and it was intimacy. And as he spoke that, he began to show me then practically what that looked like. It's spiritual it's emotional and it's physical mm -hmm. because that's how we're made. So when you hear wholeness, it's not just about your emotions being in check and okay, I didn't cuss them out, but it's really in my heart. How I many you know that's, that's still in there then? It's as if you did it because God looks at our heart first. So we want you all um, from this moment on, if you don't already, is to look at the word wholeness. It means nothing missing, nothing broken. And when Jesus died on that cross, that's what he gave us, wholeness. And we get to walk in the fullness of that as we walk with him. So it's spiritual, it's emotional, and it's physical. So we are believing for complete wholeness in each relationship, and it begins spiritually. Your relationship is only going to be as healthy as your relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. So you want to do everything for him and your spouse is a, it benefits by your obedience. So it's not a he said, she said. I did it because he did it or she did it and I didn't do it. Whatever it is, it ha it's not like that. It's not supposed to be like that. What it should be is that Christ is in the center. And you do everything through him. Most of us want to go around him to our spouse. But what we want to encourage you to do is go through Christ mm -hmm. to your spouse. And when you know you go through Christ, he deals with us first. Mm -hmm. And so you look in the mirror and you say, God, how, what can I say better? What can I do better? How can I think better? So it has to begin in the mirror. And nine times out of ten, my, my, the Lord never talks to me about my husband. So he'll begin to talk about me. And I'm like, but God, you, yeah. it's about me. How are you even responding when you don't think that you're in the wrong? Are you putting on the coat of humility? Or is it pride? Well, God, I'm in the right, and you know he's wrong, so fix him. Am I the only way that one that's ever said that? <laughs> okay, I'm not alone. Glory. <laughs> so what we want to do is just talk about those moments in all those three areas, and hopefully we'll say something. Let me correct that. The Holy Spirit will say it through us. Amen. That will bring healing. Amen. So when we were talking in the back about some of the challenges that we have personally and some of the challenges that we see even in the house. 
along with that intimacy, there has to be a connectedness one to another and then to a body, a church. As Daryl was talking earlier about, come to a church, get connected, get plugged in, volunteer. There's life there. And when you try to do life by yourself, there's when the problems begin. Because you're good for a short period of time, but it, 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 it can't last. It can't last because we're human. It can't last because we're fallen. It can't last because we lack the eternal strength that our God has. So you have to come, you have to find a place, whether at Grace Covenant Church or at your own home church, find a place where the Bible is being taught. And as our pastor says, read your Bible every day. Mm -hmm. Get relational with God. Get relational with God's people. Get plugged in and watch and see what God does. In your pain and in the difficulty, as Pastor Tracy said, those feelings are real. They're not made up. They're real. And some of you don't know, but for 15 years, I was a hostage negotiator. And I, I dealt with people that didn't want to live anymore. And one of my first questions to them was, help me with something. Do you want to die? Or do you just want the pain to go away? And 100% of the time, they said, I just want the pain to go away. Mm -hmm. In your marriage, when you have pain, sometimes you want to just out. You want out. Why? Because you, you don't love your spouse? No. Because you don't want the pain. So you figure, if, if we just separate, if we just divorce, if, I, if I'm just done with you, my pain will go away. But as the strawberries eloquently told us over the last two days, the brokenness, you carry it with you. The junk in your trunk, you carry it with you. Intimacy. Intimacy with God. Intimacy with God's people. That's what's going to best serve you. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, that's good. <laughs> Wholeness, holiness, and intimacy with God is, it, it, it's, it's so real, you know. But as we was talking about it, it's, it, it's a commitment. Do I commit to God? And a commitment to God has to be not halfway in, not sometime, not when I feel it, feel good, I don't feel good, got a headache, this, that. You know, um, I think about that. I always think about feelings are, are, are real. There's, there's three F's I always talk about. I talk about feelings, fear, and faith. Which one are you going to pick? See, a lot of us don't ever get to the place of picking faith because we don't know that faith works because we never tried it. That's the intimacy with God. When we get, in, get into the place of faith, I don't care what it looks like, what it sounds like, what I'm going through. I need to learn to operate in this word called faith. We always, we're, we're very familiar with our feelings. We're very familiar with fear. You know, I fear this, I feel this. But when we talk about faith, we would be like, what does that mean? You know, because God is not sitting right here next to you like my wife is. God is with me. And that's, the, and that's because I've made a commitment with him, so my faith do work. And as, as couples, you know, you, you, you have to come to that place 
And, and, and you have to make that commitment for yourself. Me and Tracy made that commitment with God. You know, we finally came to that place. She had made a commitment with God, and I made a commitment with God. So then we no longer operating in our feelings. Are we no longer operating in fear? We're operating in faith. You know, and, and that's what couples have to learn to come to do together. You know, we, we can't drag ourselves along and one be on one side and one be on the other side and say this don't work. No, it don't work like that. You know, it's only going to work if you, if you believe what faith means, you know, and I think that's, uh, that's that real commitment with God. Christians, brothers and sisters, which we are of the body of Christ, you need to start getting in that word of God. So many of you missing what God has for you because you don't know his word. That's where your revelation is going to come for your marriage, for, you, for your purpose, your life, and who you are is when you get committed to that and you commit yourself not only to that, but you got to commit yourself to the church. You got to commit yourself to life groups. You got you to make a commitment. It wasn't, it, listen. I'm not that darn smart like Pastor Brad. He's educated and funny. <laughs> I don't have that gift. I didn't go to school to learn how to minister the gospel. Holy Spirit taught me the Bible. Some of you sitting around thinking, I'm, I don't have a degree. I played Major League Baseball for 17 years. Got a high school education. But I learned that Bible through the Holy Spirit. Some of you don't make a commitment to the Holy Spirit enough to trust that he will teach you that Bible. Mm -hmm. You be thinking, I'm not smart enough. Let him teach you. Ask him. He will teach it to you. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, that's the commitment. That's the intimacy we're talking about. That's the commitment you have to have with God. I got that. I got to that place with God. I wasn't that smart. I was like, God, I can't understand this Bible. Mm -hmm. But I said, Holy Spirit, help me. Show me. Mm -hmm. And that's where some of you have to come to the place and ask the Holy Spirit to help you and show you he will. If you don't ask, you cannot receive it. Mm -hmm. So many of us never asked. I didn't for a long time, you know. My wife had the gifts. She was educated, teachers, you know, she had it all. I was like so mad at God. God said, you ain't never asked me. <laughs> You're sitting around on the sideline and you ain't even asking God for it, you know. So it's there. It's sitting right in front of you. Ask him. He'll give it to you. You got to trust the process, and you got just like Sean and his wife talked about, you got to get involved. You got to come to life group. If you want to learn about God, come to church. Come to life group. Not just Sunday, but come to some of the real groups where you can learn and be discipled and learn more about God and learn who God really is. And that's where your growth and your commitment comes in, and that's where your life uh, begins to be transformed. Amen. Amen. When I first started to come to Christ and had to learn, you know, I, I was always hearing, you've got to get in the word, you've got to get in the word, you've got to get in the word. And when I first started to get in the word of God, when I got saved at 30, I didn't understand the word of God. And I didn't go to Bible school either. And people come up to me all the time, oh my gosh, the richness and you're a teacher because that's the gift that God put inside of me. And... I learned how to study the word of God because I surrounded myself with the right people. God put some very strong women in my life. And when I say women, there was a group of women that I had community with at church. 
And then there was that one special woman that God put into my life that had permission to speak into my life because she was a strong woman of God. So there was that conversation there. So you have community connection, and then you have deep, intimate connection with people that you can trust because your business is not everybody's business. And the Lord taught me that early on. Another way that I learned how to study the Word of God, the Bible says that the Word of God is to be studied, was this. I bring my notebook and my pad everywhere. And I'm just old school because it's, it's what works for me because I can't type as fast as I write. And I take notes every Sunday and every Wednesday. And I listen to the man or woman of God that's speaking. And I take notes and I write down every scripture that they say because God has brought a revelation through them. God has anointed the man and woman of God that sit over this church to bring you the word to teach you. So I take that word of God, and that's my word for the entire week. So when I go home, I take that word home with me. I do it to this day, and I go into my prayer closet, and that's just a quiet place. Wherever your quiet place is, where you shut off the phone, you shut off the world, the phone doesn't go in with you. Nothing goes in with you but you and the Holy Spirit. Right. Consecrated, sacred, nothing else goes in there except for you and the Holy Spirit. And I bring those notes and I bring that notebook because the word of God is going to speak to you. So when you take it from the corporate place and you bring it into the prayer closet, when you go and you read the scriptures that were delivered to you today, now it's going to speak to you on a personal level. You're getting bits and pieces personally. You're hearing it corporately, the lesson, and God is starting to speak to you. I bet if I asked each and every one of you to write down in a notebook, what was your word? What did you hear? You need to start writing those things down because that's what you need to take into the prayer closet with you and let the word of God and the Holy Spirit meet you right where you're at. And he's going to start to give you detailed revelation. What do I do with my child? What do I say to my child? What do I do in the midst of my relationship? What do I say, not say? The Holy Spirit's going to tell you. That's right. You take the counsel that people give you and you take it into the quiet place and you learn how to pray. Learn how to pray. It's conversation with God, but there has to be an expectation when you go in with God that when I'm speaking to God, it's my turn to talk, right? But he's going to talk back. And then I have to sit back. I have to learn what quiet looks like. How do I hear the voice of God that doesn't, is not audible like this? How do I get in tune? Lord, let me have the ear to hear you because he's going to speak. One way that I decipher the way the word of God speaks is my faithful notebook once again. And I start to write down things. And then I look at these things and I say, does that line up with the word of God? Does that line up with the word of God? And sometimes you don't know right away. But God will keep putting it on your heart. And then the next thing I know, I look back four or five days later and there's this same thing. That's on the paper. He's either dealing with me in something correcting me in something. He's speaking to me in some kind of way. That's when your relationship gets personal. When we turn off the TV, when we set ourselves aside. And many times I hear people say this, you know what? I read my five minute devotional. When I get up in the morning, I listen to so-and-so at seven o'clock and then so-and-so comes on at 7.30 and then I get in my car and so-and-so's on 88.3. So-and-so's at 9.15. When I'm at lunch, this one tweets this and this... What is piercing your heart? 
And then I asked him, I said, well, what did the man of God teach you on Sunday? Oh, no, but there was a good... There's so much information. There's no revelation. There's no heart penetration. So there's no transformation. So a revelation that I had was that man and woman of God that are preaching to me on Sunday. I'm not in this seat by mistake. Right. I was led here. You were led here. This is divine appointment right here. So God has given you a man of God and a woman of God that are going to speak the right word of God into your life. So when you take that home all week long, it's going to speak to you and you're going to start to grow not only individually, but uniformly as a church, because you're all going with the same word. Not I heard so-and-so on channel so-and-so, and then you come back into the church challenging what your pastor's saying. Right. That brings confusion. The body of Christ is getting messed up with that. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you and challenge you, let's be intentional about the word of God, getting in our prayer closet. Those are hopefully some helpful tools that will help you with how to listen to the word of God and learn and sitting under teachers who taught me to take, God just didn't put me up on a platform. It took some testing of the word of God and sitting forth. And then that's when I got schooled in the word of God. Tell them how long, tell tell them how many years you sat. I sat for 10 years before God ever put me on a platform. Daryl was preaching long before God would ever release me. And I have a teaching gift, and sometimes it can sound more powerful. My husband's so gracious. Do you see the honor that he gives me on stage publicly? He's like that privately, too. And sometimes it can be seen as this powerful gift or this gift that's outlined. He gives me so much honor. And this is a man of great faith. Daryl's an evangelist. He doesn't have a teaching gift. He's an evangelist. Don't beat each other up. Figure out who you are because, Lord, we tore each other apart for a minute. You need to get in your word, and I got highlighters for you, and I got things for you. Come on now. Because I know so much, Pastor. And this is a man of God that I can call and his faith is way up here because see, I want to study it out and I want to walk it out and I'm going to get there right now. Yeah. He knows how to wait much better than I do. He knows how to be in faith much better than I do. He knows how to bring a calm to my storm when I get to a place. That's what marriages do. That's what marriages do. And when I pray, I reveal the word of God into certain situations, not because I'm better than him or he's better than me. You see how we work together? And that's how God does it. So processing that word yeah. to bring that intimacy, what does that look like? That's why it's so important that you get connected in your church. You're processing the word of God that's being delivered here on Sunday, personally and corporately, so you really can grow and start to have a revelation and watch how God changes your life. Yep. So good. Something I'd like to um, really emphasize in what Tracy said is know who you are. You can get so caught up in competing and you don't even mean to. Mm-hmm. You're just thinking that your spouse is supposed to be, um, to be like you. And we're not to compete. We're to complete what God has given That's us. Good. So each one of us has a piece. And so just because he may not be up praying or doing, doesn't mean he's not walking with the Lord. You have to allow him his expression of how God is using him and vice versa. Amen. 
My husband would tell you, I get up early because that's who I am. You get up before Jesus gets up. <laughs> Jesus not up. He's not up. <laughs> he always says that. I'm like, excuse me, Jesus woke me up. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's just amazing how we complement each other. And when you get comfortable in who you are, then you really see the Lord working. Um, and so we don't want to compete, and we don't want other people to put us in competition, especially when you start ministering together. Well, I really like y'all, but I like how your wife ministers better. I like how your husband ministers better. Don't get into that. Mm-hmm. When you have a plate of food, all of it is supposed to nourish you. Mm-hmm. It all doesn't yep. taste the same. Yes, ma'am. And so yes, we want to be open to the diversity of how God wants to minister to us. So know who you are and be comfortable in that and allow God to grow it because he's going to mature us. Mm-hmm. The scripture said he is faithful to complete what he started. Amen. Right. doesn't say your spouse is the tool that the only tool he'll use to do it. But as we were talking about, for those of you who are just coming in, um, we are focusing in on the word intimacy. That is the charge of our marriage ministry. So as we prayed and asked God what direction he wanted us to teach and learn, it was intimacy and first that intimacy with him. So that's what they were speaking about, that spiritual intimacy. I can't tell you enough how our pastor tells us to read our Bible every day. And what happens when you read your Bible every day is you begin to learn your father's voice. Mm -hmm. It's so important to know your father's voice because the enemy is going to try to disguise himself as light. The scripture tells us that. But when you know your father's voice, it doesn't matter how the enemy tries to disguise himself. You know, that's not my daddy. And I think a lot of deception and confusion comes in because we're not in a word. Mm -hmm. So my husband and I have couples that sit in our office and say, one of them is saying, well, the Lord just wants me happy. So he's telling me to leave my spouse because there's somebody else out there that will make me happy. How many know that doesn't even come close to scripture? Mm -mm. And so (laughs) instead of arguing with them, I said, well, show show me where that is in scripture. Where does that line up? Because I don't care how good it sounds. God's word does not change to complete a good end. Right. His word is his word, and it must be our plumb line. Amen. So we might reason it out, and it sounds so good we've convinced ourselves, but how many know that's called deception? We have to be people of discernment, and discernment begins in God's word. Mm-hmm. Not just knowing the letter of his word, but knowing the spirit, mm-hmm. his heart behind the words. So that's intimacy. That's what intimacy is all about. The Pharisees and Sadducees taught the word. But when Jesus showed up, they didn't even know who he was. How did that happen? Because there was no intimacy. They knew the letter of the law, but not the spirit Mm -hmm. of the law. So we want to be people that not just know God's word, but know his heart behind the word. Yes. So that we can then express what God has shown us. Mm -hmm. And it takes the Holy Spirit. How many know it takes the Holy Spirit to do it? So when you say, I can't do it, you have rightly spoken. You cannot do it. It is a work of the Spirit through you. And if you just say yes, as Tracy and, and Pastor Tracy and Pastor Daryl said, God will do it if you just say yes to his will. And so we want you to, to remind you spiritual intimacy is important, individually as well as a couple. We encourage you, pray together. 
Read the word together. Now, let me say, ladies, when we're praying with our husbands, please don't take that moment. And I just say that because we have more words than our spouse. Um, we don't want to try to conform them through our prayer. Mm-hmm. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't, look, <laughs> don't sit there looking at me. I'm going to say it because I'm a woman. <laughs> we want to, to ask the Holy Spirit to give us what to pray. Mm-hmm. Because we don't want to pray from our soul. We want to pray from what the spirit wants from him. Mm-hmm. Because you can ask the right thing for the wrong motivation. Mm-hmm. So do I want him to be a good husband so I'm happy and comfortable? Or do I want him to be a good husband because that's what God wants? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to ask amiss. I don't want to ask the right thing for the wrong reason and the wrong motivation. I want to make sure I'm asking because this is what God wants for him. Mm-hmm. And I can declare and believe for it. Amen. Amen. So, Pastor Darrell, Pastor Tracy, we, we've given each couple your book. Mm-hmm. Can you just take a few minutes and, and highlight some important things from your book that you think we can take back with us mm. as we begin this process of intimacy, figuring out how to do this now yes. in a way that honors God? Yes. And how can your book help us? That's good. Well, I would, I would, say, for, I would say for the gentleman, I'll speak on their behalf, is is become a better me first more than anything if 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 I really truly become a better me in God's word and God's will for my life then my marriage is going to be great cuz I'm not going to put any limits limitations on on things you know um I'm going to I'm going to focus daily on me to be a better man as I wake up and rise up See, my rising up every day, I get up, I get up, I worship God. I turn on music and I worship God. Mm-hmm. I enter in with God because I got to have it. Because if I don't, I don't, feel, I don't feel right. I travel with it. I take my music on the road, but I worship God every day. Once I came to that place with God and knew who God was, God was creating a new me, a better me inside. Because I needed to be better. I needed to be healed. So a lot of men in here need to be healed. Mm-hmm. No one else can heal you. Your wife can't heal you. God's the only one can heal you. You need to let God go deep inside and let God heal those, those, those hurts, those habits, and those hang-ups. Because I had a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of hurt. I had a lot of habits. And I had a lot of hang-ups. And it wasn't until I let God heal me then I became a better person inside. A lot of you got scars. A lot of you gentlemen got scars. Fathers wasn't there. Fathers told you it wasn't nothing. Mine beat me. I put on a uniform because I was in pain. My father was an alcoholic. I was scarred before I put on the, before I put on the uniform. I had no idea, but my pain led me to... My, my pain led me to that greatness, to be a great baseball player, but also my greatness led me to my destructive behavior because I never dealt with those wounds inside. And we take it out in our relationship too. We act out in so many different ways, committing adultery, looking at porn. Can I just keep it real? Because mm-hmm. that's what we do, guys. Because we haven't found a me. There's, I haven't gotten to a better place and a better me inside. It wasn't until I got to a better place and a better me inside for me. 
Not her, not looking at her. First, I was looking at her. I thought she was crazy. <laughs> but she probably was crazy for marrying me. <laughs> Wasn't until I realized that I had to look at me. See, we, we, we good at examining everything else except ourselves. Mm-hmm. But when I examined myself, then there was a better me. Mm-hmm. You know, we want the we part first instead of getting the me part. Mm-hmm. And just like you talked about earlier, you know, that junk that we have in our trunk. Yeah. We got a lot of junk. I had a lot of junk. You know, I had two broken marriages, kids, you know, debt, everything. I, I came, when I came in this marriage, I was three million in debt and didn't have a driver's license. Now, you can't tell me God ain't good. <laughs> you cannot, nobody can tell me that God ain't good and God doesn't change your situation when there becomes a better me. So I just want to encourage the gentleman on that. I want to encourage you to taste and see that the Lord is good. Yes. Don't go by with somebody else. Taste and see for yourself mm-hmm. how good he is. And get a better you and watch what God do with you. When you commit to him, watch what God does in your life. Amen. All right? Amen. There's a book in every swag bag. Let it be your tool. Don't let it go unread. And the first part of the book is what Daryl was talking about. It's all about the me first. There's questions at the end of every chapter. So there's scripture. This book is loaded with scripture, and it took us a long time to write. We were very intentional. Um, the publisher, people kept sending it back saying, there's too much scripture in here. <laughs> huh. It's the word of God that sets you free. That's what's wrong with us. And so there's scripture in here to help you. And then you take the questions. This is for the me part, not to do together. So you can figure out where you are. Figure out where you are with God. Your expectation of marriage, your hurts, the forgiveness process. Let God deal with you first. Because when you try to come together in the we things, how many of you know, have you ever tried to have a discussion? Your intention is right and it ends up in a fight. It's a little too sensitive there. So that, we encourage you to take the book home and do that. And then there's the we portion of that. And then work your way into the we and don't be in a hurry. But don't check yourself out of the process either. Start to grow. Make sure you get through it all and go through it all. Get connected in church. Get connected in the the men's programs, gentlemen. Ladies, get connected with the ladies. Things like that. Get connected to where you need to be. Start looking for that mentor and that right friend, that marriage couple that can come and bring that to you. There's so many resources. There's no reason for any of us to walk out and not be married anymore. There's no reason for divorce. There's too much help. There's too much help. There's a special chapter in here for that spouse who is in waiting. If you are on board and the spouse is not, and I heard a story that touched my heart. There was a woman that showed up to this conference, and she came anyway, and her husband refused. She came anyway. That's a woman of God in deep pain, but great strength standing for her husband. And maybe there's a husband in this house. You're waiting for the wife to get straight. And there's a chapter in here just for you. So use the tools that God has given us. Let's come in and put this into action. We've heard a lot. We've learned a lot. Now it's time to put it into action. Thank you guys so much. And when, when, when we talk about being connected here, we have many different ways for you to do that. 
So whether you're a member, whether you're a regular attendee, or whether this is your first couple of times here, get on the city. There's information regarding the city on the back, in the back at the uh, admin table. But you can even go to our website. When you go to our website, click on connect and you'll page down to the city. Click on the city. It brings up a screen that says, invite me. You push that button, it'll send you an invite to the city. Once you get on the city, you set up a profile. You set up that profile and you look down the groups. The first group I want you to join is the marriage ministry. When you join that group, we'll start sending information to you. And as my wife said, we have a time where we set aside to pray as a couple, we also have what's called Marriage Monday. And my wife, members of our marriage team, will put devotionals up there. So you have an opportunity to spend that time with your spouse, just walking through, what does God say? And begin the process. You've got to begin somewhere. So don't look at the best couple you think you know and go, we can never be that. Just begin wherever God gives you opportunity. I heard today, I heard what was said, God, you touched my heart, now I'm gonna start. And wherever you start, there's always room. Mm -hmm. Jesus is gonna meet you because he loves you. Mm -hmm. And he wants you to be successful because your success indicates to the world more of who he is. Your marriage relationship, you become an image bearer of the kingdom of God and God's relationship with the church. And he wants you to be a good witness. Mm -hmm. So just begin somewhere, okay? Amen. We also wanna invite you when you do take the classes, just don't take them for yourself. We're huge on equipping here. So when your coworker comes to you and they're crying, you know exactly where to start. You were equipped to help. And that's what God calls us to do, to go advance the kingdom. Amen. So Sean and I have taken love and respect like, Five, six times. Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> but each time I love it because God emphasizes something different every time we take it. We come out the better. So we're going to facilitate. And I said to Sean, look, this class was for me. So I thank yeah. God for that equipping and that reminding and the focus, as, as our sister said, uh, Pastor Tracy, that God begins to emphasize different things at different seasons. You want to pay attention to that because he's speaking to you. Mm -hmm. And as he talked about Marriage Monday, we have a prayer line here. Every morning we pray from 6 to 6.15. We call it the preheat. Each Day is a different focus, and Monday is marriage. And we invite you to join us. We, the, whoever the leader is that morning, they'll give you a verse, and we'll pray that verse for 15 minutes. And we invite you to pray that throughout the day for every marriage you know. Marriages in the kingdom. We pray for our leaders' marriages. And as we do that, we believe it fortifies us and reminds us to live God's word. So we invite you to join us on the prayer line. We are so grateful. Can we just thank God for the, the strawberries once again? Thank you. Bless you, God. Yes.